Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Racing Only Better podcast, ahead of what was meant to be a top-class weekend of national hunt racing, specifically on Saturday at Ascot. But of course, we are with the weather gods currently. We are waiting on inspections from Ascot and Haydock. We do have all-weather action at Lingfield to preview and ITV Racing are now taking a card from Wolverhampton on Friday because everything else is off. So basically, it's as clear as mud, but we will give Haydock a cursory mention at the end of the show, uh, but we are expecting that to be off. So our main focus this week is going to be on the televised uh, all-weather action Friday and Saturday because that is our safest bet in terms of trying to provide you listeners and viewers out there with a winner which is what this show is all about so that's what we're focusing on isn't that right daryl carter how is your all-weather form i feel like you're more of a, na- a national hunt boy than a bit of an all-weather yeah game. well being about to be put to the test aren't we yeah um <laughs> yeah d- dis- disappointing disappointing this weekend but uh at least these john bond john bond fanboys have to wait another week before they get their their ass handed to them by el fabiolo and the dream's <laughs> over can't wait <laughs> Fighting talk, Daryl. Fighting talk. Dan, it does look as though, obviously, we're waiting on the Ascot inspection 4pm. We're recording this on a Thursday, hence the sort of confusion. Uh, but waiting on that inspection and you're not that far away from Haydock and you think that is highly unlikely as well at this stage. Yeah, uh, like pissing into the sea, I'm afraid. I mean... The ground around me is absolutely rock hard, and that's not just the concrete. But um, we, you should take these times to educate and learn, and I've learned the names of about 45 horses that I didn't realise existed about two hours ago, so I'm doing well. Beautiful. Well, we're right in my sort of territory, TC, because, of course, we've got a low-grade Wolverhampton Hampton card to look at on the Friday uh, on ITV, and then Lingfield is a bit high calibre. I wouldn't get such a shift. That's a good <laughs> shift on Sky. So, uh, But how are you, TC? You've been all turned upside down with the weather, I hear. Yeah. No, not really. Same for everybody, isn't it? So you have to play the hand you dealt with. There's a 0 to 53 at Wolverhampton we're going to cover. That should uh, be in your comfort zone, shouldn't it? <laughs> that That's right up my street. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Those who street. said that 205 at Wincanton two weeks ago wouldn't be beaten as the worst race in ITV. <laughs> I'm afraid they've been gubbed at 1.01 two weeks later. They really have, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, let's kick off with the Wolverhampton card, guys, because we've got we've still got racing to look at and we're still going to find winners, as I pointed out at the top of the show. So um, the 140 at Wolverhampton on Friday is our first race to look at. And it's over a mile six. It's a class four handicap and 0 to 85. So this is a pretty good race for Wolves on a Friday night. And you've got Educator out of still 10 is your four to one favourite up at the top of the betting. And just to put it into some context in terms of form figures leading up to this, his read seven, four, nine, seven. There's a third in there, but he was eight lengths beaten um but he is the favorite for this artisan dancer in there at five to one palace boy as well as a course and distance winner at five to one one of the older horses in here dan let's kick off with you on the all weather by the way kevin would be loving this wouldn't he this, yeah he would this would be right up he would um no i should have been at market raise and i won't lie i'm probably not in minus four temperatures all day the one i'm a rare one where I'm quite happy to not be on track. I started with Aquam. I'm probably not the only one. He's been really consistent, but it troubled me that he's never been to um, Wolves before. He spent a lot of time at the other all-weather tracks. I sort of feel this place needs a slightly different skill set. You'd know much better than I would be, but 
sort of going wide's a complete no-no, isn't it? You, you, you're dead if you're wide. Um, and it maybe requires more of a turn of pace than a couple of the other or weather tracks bar Lingfield, maybe where we know they can come from last to first. But at the prices, I, I ended up going back to Enthronement. You've got that second at Ascot last season where he split a pair of three-year-olds. I thought that was arguably the best handicap form in the race. And good third to Haku here, two starts back. Haku has advertised that form by going close at Sullivan next time. And I thought you could put a line through the Newcastle run watching the video back because he just didn't settle, tried over a longer trip at a stiffer track. I think conditions are more in his favour here with um, in terms of trip and probably surface as well in terms of uh, it being more of a speed test. Well, I don't want to get into the stable form argument with TC and Daryl again, but of course, enthrallment trained by Kevin Philippard before hasn't had the winter he would have wanted. He's a trainer, as we know, who sort of prides himself on a pretty good strike rate. That hasn't been the case this winter. Just wonder if they're a little bit under the weather, but it's enthrallment for Dan Barber at 12 to 1. Daryl, I'll let you take the way next. Yeah, I was going for the unexposed angle. The column has just gone live and... and... Well, the best bet on Friday for me would, would be Palace Boy, who absolutely bolted up here by six lengths, beating Artists in Dancer last time out on the back of a 288-day break. Um, recently uh, come from Fergal O'Brien, moved back to the flat after having a few ru uh, runs over hurdles last season. They actually stuck him in the Supreme, so they must have thought uh, a bit of him there. He was second to Lachia at Exeter in a, in a listed event, but you go back to his time in Germany and um, on the flat and didn't do a whole lot wrong there. He won at heavy odds on his final start. But before that, he bumped into a horse called Dartan, who's rated in the 90s in Ireland, rated 130-odd over hurdles as well. And and the move up in, to, up in distance and uh, just seemed to really, he just seemed to really relish it. He powered away. He looked miles ahead of the handicap. But look, he's gone up in the weights. He's gone up 10 pounds. But I mean, if you look at the weight he was he was sort of giving um, Artisian Dancer in second, who's a pretty solid yardstick, and the, and the weight reversal now, and ask yourself if he had that seven, eight, nine pound on his back, then would it would it have stopped him? I don't think it would. Um, I think he's unexposed, uh, and at this sort of level, I think that could be a real um, a real ace up his sleeve. And I think there's loads more to come from him. So I was quite surprised, to be honest, that they didn't put him in as favourite. I was expecting him to be a clear favourite. Um, when the markets opened, I think Betfair opened him up about thirteen. Or I think the market opened him up about thirteen to do. Betfair went at five to one, which was closer to what I was thinking. But I mean, even sort of four to one, nine to two, I was more than happy to take. So yeah, I think yeah, I think he's got a good chance. Okay, and this race is paying the four places. It's an extra place race with Betfair and Palace Boy is five to one as one of the less exposed individuals in here. Legacy Power has a plum draw in 11 and is also one of the unexposed horses, TC. He's 13 to two. Who did you want to give a shout to? Um, Palace Boy um, oh. would be my favourite as well uh, for all the reasons Daryl said. Obviously, they knew what they had last time because he landed a a 14s to 9 to 2 punt on the show. Um, so, yeah, um, I couldn't get excited about 5 to 1, even though I think he should be the favourite, marginal favourite in, in a very competitive race. But, yeah, he's, Palace Boy would be the one I would lean to, but um, fives, I could I could leave, take him or leave him. OK, well, TC, I will stick with you then for the next race. Seven furlongs, down in trip, again, 0 to 85, class 4, 
Al Farabi is your nine to four favourite for Rod Javari and Jack Mitchell. Roger's been having a few runners running okay on the all weather of late. Follow your heart is next best at five to one for Mark Lockname. Johnny James in there for the Athlete team, five to one as well. Uh, short price favourite in here, TC. So how are you playing it? Uh, I'm not going to be having a, to be honest with you, I'm not going to be having a better Wolverhampton on Friday, but beauty choice interests me most here. He's probably the one I was came closest to tipping, actually. Um, already been nibbled at in the market. The 12s and 11s in the marketplace has gone and bet for a, a 10s, which is joint top price. Uh, I just think the angle here is he's been running well uh, in defeat over six furlongs, coming slowly down the weights to a mark of 70 on his back form. That's a bit of a gift. And I think the angle with him is stepping up to seven furlongs again after running over six recently. Um, so I think that's a, I think that's a positive. All his best career performances have been over seven furlongs and at this track, and he's got a very good record at this track or over every distance, really. So I thought he was very, very solid, um, and I think 10 to 1 is probably very fair. So I, I wouldn't put you off him at 10s, but again, I didn't. I, you don't need to pull the trigger in, in these kind of class of races for me. Yeah. But beauty choice uh, would be... If you do want an interest, Beauty Choice. Beauty Choice was last seen behind a horse called Billy Joe, who actually didn't back the form up at Newcastle this week. But that day at Southall put in pretty incredible closing sectionals. Uh, last couple of furlongs, his finishing speed was pretty impressive. He was, everyone thought he was going to back back it up at Newcastle. He didn't, but I do think that was a very good performance, Daryl. But this varying horse up at the top of the market, even though he's been turned over when favourite, do you think he can get back on track here? Quite possibly, but he's he's the obvious one to put in at the top of the market, isn't he? He's, he's, mm. he's unexposed. He was very keen at Newcastle last time. He probably did well to finish the way he did behind Swiss Ace, but time before, sort of like he was beaten there at Savile, wasn't he? And, you know, I know he's not had too many starts under his belt, but he's short enough to, to be giving him another chance here, I think, in, in what is a deeper race than he's contested so far. Um, but you can see the unexposed angle at the top of the market. It's, it's typically always the case. I thought follow your heart would go well um, down uh, down into a class four, decent form figures at Wolverhampton. But then I was sort of looking at the, the profile of the horse and it's just there could be something like a, an out Farabi that's just going to progress past that horse. So I sort of came down on the side of Eden Storm, who I thought was double the price he should be. Uh, for Marco Botti, steady improver is liking this venue as well in, in a short space of time. Could argue, probably should be unbeaten here given the position he come for come from when second in his novice last year. But he he, he only won by a neck last on that form was given a, an emphatic boost by the runner up next time out. But thought it was a bit more snug than the neck suggests. He had to sort of wait for a run, and he was only really getting going inside the final hundred yards. And he's gone up two pounds for that. I think he's as unexposed as the favourite. And he's a much, much bigger price just because of that margin of, of victory last time, I think. Um, so a uh, track he likes. I think he's a, a good each way proposition at eight to one. Yeah, Eden Storm currently eight to one. And as Daryl said, you know, horses that get on around Wolverhampton, that's a big tick in the box. Dan, over to you for a last word on this. Yeah, Daryl mentioned him in the first part of his. I just thought Follow Your Heart was very solid. He could back him place only. He could back him each way. He just... Hasn't run a bad race for ages. He's mustered around here. 
probably did pretty well at Southern last time. He's he closed the match with Johnny James on their meeting a couple of runs ago, but I suggest he's might maybe more likely to show his form and yeah, you can get bogged down, can't you? With oh, he's this this much better off for this distance, and you have to. I have to think at this place that that's just getting a bump here or there, or it's having to wait for a gap for a second, which can counterbalance that anyway. That's top horse, solid for me. I'd probably each way thievery with him at the top. Okay, Daryl, I'm going to come to you for the North Fifty Three to really test yourself. This is it. This is the feature on the card. Uh, over the seven furlongs again. Next race at Wolverhampton is your two fifty, and Outreach is your eleven to four favourite here, followed by Fieldsman at seven to two. Fieldsman, the real old boy in here, but of course done it here at the track and is at the moment in pretty good form with himself. Kraken Diamond, the same cannot be said about him at five to one for Brian Toomey. And then after that, sort of getting into slightly bigger prices. But those are your top three in the market, Daryl. So you can have first go at the Nort 53. Oh, terrific. Thanks very much. Um... Uh, that's my That's my present to you for the year. <laughs> You know what, I like this dynamic this week where after we say our little piece on each horse in these races, you're almost like judge and jury. Yep, that's because yeah. he likes that. Well done, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah, look, fieldsmen and outreach are at the top of the market on, on one basis only, aren't they? It's because they're consistent. And at this level, consistency is worth its weight in gold, isn't it? Um, crack. I mean, look, Brian Toomey's uh, had his first winner the other day. He's a great guy and wish him all the, all the best. But the fact that his horse has got four duck eggs by his name and he's a 13 to 2 shot in this race will tell you exactly how deep this contest is. For that reason, I'm out. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say that actually. I love the fact that the top weight in an Arts 53 with a rating of 53 has form figures that read like the audience reaction to a good prize at Bullseye or something. Stop. Ooh. <laughs> Shame it's not Halloween. Yeah. That is very good. Ooh. Um, I know it is a bit depressing, isn't it? That like you say, always like crack and power and that sort of form with those sort of form figures is in here at currently five to one. Why don't, you, why don't you give us the winner of this, V? I wouldn't be able to. This isn't my sort of race, this. And I'm not... Far just, too high class for Vanessa, this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just... It's classified to me. I'd just like to point out, I'm by no means any form of an all-weather expert. It's just that I spend a lot of time at these places. So these horses are my, like... See them a lot. Bread and butter. Hmm. I'd, if, I had to, if I had to pick one in here, I'd take Fieldsman over Outreach, Dan. How do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, fine. I'd really don't have a view. I just wanted to do that bad line, to be honest, Vanessa. Okay, but it was a well-practiced, well-executed yeah. bad line. So I'll I'll give you that. What about you, TC? Are we just are we just breezing over this like it never happened on ITV racing? Yeah, I think Fieldsman's probably deserves to be um, slight favourite, doesn't it? If you Thanks. if you offer me evens in a match bet, even though it's seven to two plays eleven to four, I'd probably go. I'd probably back Fieldsman. Yeah, it's nice. It's it's low class fare. But the thing about Fieldsman is not only is he in form and quite consistent, he's he's likely to get a maybe an uncontested lead here. Okay, pal does go forward, but I couldn't see any other pace in the race. So the seven pound claimer who won on him two starts ago could just like jump him out in front and possibly stay there. But yeah. Lovely. Okay, let's move on to the Phillies handicap. 
little bit high grade, class five, naught to 68 over their nine and a half furlongs. Fast Affair is your five to two favourite in here for the James Fanshawe team. Um, next best is Suadeo for Adri Adrian Wintel's operation at four to one. And she did it well when we last saw her here at Wolverhampton, but that was over the extended mile. She does have a slightly strange head carriage. Nikki's Girl next best at five to one. Uh, those again are your top three. And TC, I will start with you here. What was your angle in? It's a bit more wide open, this. Uh, yeah, I thought uh, I wanted to get with Suardeo, but I was uh, a little disappointed with the price. Um, I was hoping, given it's reasonably competitive, I was hoping for bigger than fours. Um, it is fives in a place elsewhere. I did, he did it nicely. He did it nicely last time. I thought a three pound rise was fair. Um, other than the price, I was the, the furlong longer trip would trouble me because this horse has been literally uh, run. Not wouldn't say exclusively, but run mainly over less than a mile throughout his career. And I think I think the extra furlong is a question mark. But on his back form, the three pound rise to a mark of sixty five is is very bridgeable. And Gina Mangan's two from three on him. And the other one was a second of 15. So, um, Suardeo, I'm glad you got the pronunciation right. Did you go back and listen to the commentary? I think I might have been at Wolves, was I, when she won? Were you? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, like I say, Suardeo would be my one, but I'd be looking for sixes rather than the current fours and fives. I mean, TC, you're 100% right. That is obviously a name I would have crucified, but I've seen her around a little bit. So, yeah. Um, Daryl, you can go next, uh, please. Is this, uh, you're, you're allowed as many passes as you like this week. So are you getting involved or are you not getting involved? Yeah, no, no, I'm going to get involved in this one. I'm going to get involved in this one. I, I nearly came down on Noble Sovereign, who was a bit of an eye-catcher here 14 days ago. Holly up and Mark's clearly within Do reach. come down on it. Do come down on it. You reckon? Yeah, let's be simpatico. Yeah, it's a bit oh. late because I put my column out and then and I've, I've taken a bit of a swing with this elusive truth for uh, for Gemma Tutti, who's handicapped debut today. Just thought the run the last day was quite interesting. Clifford Lee was never going to beat the winner, Crown Board, who looks pretty smart, but sort of got into contention coming around the home, home bend and then just went to pick up his stick and just see the winner kicking on. And I think just thought, no, this is our final qualifier run for a handicap. We're not getting anywhere near that anyway. And uh, I just thought it was interesting on debut. She was only with nine to two shot at Savile, finished behind some useful horses that day. And uh, she actually had a Rockfell entry when she was with um, Carl Burt. Now that doesn't mean a whole lot, but um, they went out to Newcastle next time and, Big price, but she travelled well, and it was just a so it was a slowly run race, and she just got out sprinted, um, but again by a couple of decent horses. Made in, in terms of the, in comparison to this race, I'm saying decent horses. Made in Kentucky's rated seventy eight, but just outpaced and stayed on again at the finish, and just give me the impression that she could just have more to come. Stepping into a handicap, a lot of these are exposed. We've seen seen what they've, they've got to offer, and perhaps we could just be seeing a, a bigger performance from Elusive Truth today. Okay, Elisa Truth, handicap debutant, 14 to 1. And last word to you, Dan, here on this. Yeah, no, but so I've been the one I, the Philly just mentioned. She does have work to do in theory to make up the ground, but mentioned that fine margins around here. And that was only her second start for a stable that are doing really, really well. I like the booking of Holly Doyle. 
And I suspect they might ride her a bit close to the pace this time, even though she's going up in distance. I'm not actually bothered either way whether they do that, but the fact remains she came from a long way back here last time. That's made them, I suspect that's one of the reasons why they've gone up in distance. And you can see it on pedigree as well. She's a half-sister to Good Impression, that middle-distance performer. Um, so it's a potential angle with her as well. However they ride her, I think she'll get a lot closer to Suadeo and... Um, I thought there might be potential improvement because not long with lockdown and uh, first go at the trip as well. Okay. Uh, that wraps up Wolverhampton uh, on Friday on ITV. So let's go across and cover the Lingfield card. As I said at the top of the show, not looking at the turf action, national hunt action, because we are pretty confident that won't be happening on Saturday. Disappointingly at Ascot, but we will mention, uh, give a quick mention to Haydock potentially at the end of the show. But let's kick on with Lingfield. And all joking aside, this is a pretty decent little card at Lingfield. Winter Millions Day, middle day of, well, what should have been the middle day. Uh, so good all weather action, TCM. Coming to you first, please, for the two o'clock, mm. which we believe will be the first ITV race shown over the mile and Talis Evolver is your three to one favourite here for the Hannon Yard, having won pretty toughly, gamely, I think it's fair to say, at Kempton when we last saw him taking on Al Rufa at nine to two and Fantastic Fox in there at 11 to two horse. We've seen a fair bit of for the Varian Yard. Dragon Icon is your unexposed in there, one in there again for Varian at seven to one. Those are just your top few TC. Where did you land? These are some races we can get stuck into. Yeah. Um... I thought this was probably be my of the races we're covering. I thought this was um, comfortably the best punt of the lot, and that's Plant a Dream, uh, ten yeah. to one each way, four places with the sports book. Nice. Uh, best best place terms, best price, um, and that's important, obviously. Uh, but yeah, I, I just thought it's a handicap to run a really big race here. Clearly, it's it's competitive. And you might well need those four places if you're playing each way. But I thought he shaped really well last time. Uh, I thought he was coming to win the race at Kempton, uh, but just flattened out a bit. He actually traded at 2.02 in running. So that tells you an idea of, even though he finished fourth, wow. uh, it gives you some idea how well he ran. Uh, I think he's well handicapped on his back form. Um, the, the stable, obviously, very, very small stable. She had her, Karen Jewell had her first winner for yonks uh, recently. Uh, and I just thought, yeah, given that, given that the form is in, given that this, this track, we've got form figures of 2-1-2-2 here, um, given that he's run well off 10 plus high, pound higher marks in the past and he comes here off that good run at Kempton last time, I'd be disappointed if Plant a Dream isn't at least in the first four. He's, he's not an each way bet to nothing given the condition mm. of the depth of the race. But, uh, yeah, I think Plant a Dream tends each way for places sportsbook. If it's still there when you um, listen to this podcast, then I suggest you have a little nibble. Plant also not on each way back to nothing because of your evisceration of the phrase <laughs> in the last podcast, TC. Oh, yeah. that's what he's referring that's what, to. That's, that was obviously <laughs> what I was referring to. It was just, you seemed to deadpan it afterwards, like, you actually, no, I don't think he is an each way back to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> No, TC is keeping us honest with these sort of terms and phrases. You know, I like it. Um, Dan, you can go next here. Plan to dream for TC is currently 10 to 1. Who do you want to add to the mix? A horse who's been to Lingfield once on his debut when he was trained by the Gosdens, finished fifth, sort of late headway. 
seemingly not that fancied on the day. It's Al Rufar, because I just think this place will suit his style so well. Mm. Um, you recall when he completed a hat-trick as a probably a three-year-old now, probably 2020 time. Um, for two of the wins, he went 20s plus in running, I think 23s and 28s. He's got this late surge in him when he puts his best foot forward. He ended up running a Cambridgeshire off a mark of 105, and he's joined the Kublers in recent times. We've seen the great work they've done reviving that handicapper off Stoughty, uh, whose name escapes the Astro King, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and they worked similar magic with our Ruffar two starts back. The subtle race was a mess. Uh, drawn 11, I'm just picturing Hogan dropping him right out. That's Dylan, not Hulk. Dropping him right out. <laughs> sweeping wide round the outside and using that burst of pace that this horse has got. He's been an infrequent winner in recent times, but I think he's in the, the right hands to keep him ticking over. The right hands to keep him ticking over and the right track maybe to see him to good effect with that finishing kick, as we see so often, Daryl, at Lingfield. Hmm. Um, do you agree with either of the boys or have you landed on someone else? Well, plant a dream was the, the one of the two on my shortlist, but oh. I, I landed on uh, Dragon Icon in the end. I, I, I do like the angle with uh, Roger Varian horses returning to the track with a hood first time. Uh, mm. he's, he's got like a really remarkable record. Like his last six, his form figures are one, two, 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 one, two, five. Like, you know, and you can you can manipulate that to, just in handicaps and it comes out with just, just as good a record. This horse bolted up on debut at Kempton. Absolutely rip the bloody tapete or whatever it's called off off the surface. He was he was so impressive. Had the likes of balance playing behind him that day. Couldn't they just couldn't get nowhere near him. And then his his late surge here at Lingfield and his novice to get up to beat Halla Dubai was just so taking. They then quickly turned him out 20 days later over in Germany in, in the German 2000 Guineas. And he, he just got caught in on the rail a little bit outpaced but it was his first start on turf. It's just so unexposed, and what he's shown in those two starts suggests that a mark of 95. Like, he could genuinely be a group horse in a handicap here. Uh, and I expect him to be fit and ready to go first time up. And with those stats with the headgear first time, good draw and stall too. I'd be disappointed if he's not in the, in the mix of this. Okay, so the bigger price variant horse for you then, Daryl. Uh, let's move on to the five furlong sprint. This one, the features on the card. Nought to 105. It's a class two, and there's some really nice types in here. Some proper horses. Birdrack is your seven to two market leader for the Kevin Ryan yard. Um, coming here off the back of wins at Newcastle. Good and farming Stam- jersey, of course. <laughs> and <laughs> coming here off the back of yeah, a couple of wins and uh looking for the hat trick bit essentially. Right. Uh Diamond Spirit has already landed the hat trick. In fact, he's landed a four-timer and he's now uh on the rampage for a fifth win on the bounce for the Stuart Williams yard at nine to two. Silky Wilkie in there at six to one. We've seen plenty of alligator alley, know how good he can be when he gets uh his trip and run through at seven to one. Chips dead god, there's some nice horses in here. Bedford Flyer, too. I could go on and on, but Daryl, I'm going to start with you talking about horses liking Lingfield Diamond Spirit with the way in which he finishes up the middle of the track with the, coming from off the pace. He's won here before. I know he's been beaten here in the interim before, but surely coming back to Lingfield is actually going to be a positive for him. Yeah, I thought I thought so. Um, 
you know, when these sprinters get on a roll, you know what they can do. They can just continue to progress and progress and progress. And that's what this one's done. Holly's up. Um, I thought he was at the right end of the handicap. I must admit, I did not expect him to be. I didn't see the price until now. I didn't expect him to open up as favourite, to be honest, in a race as competitive as this. Right. So for, for that reason, it will now be a no-bet race for me. But I do think he's a progressive horse at the right end of the handicap. He could have any amount to come, particularly the way he finished at Wolverhampton last time. Um, so he, he's not one I'd want to take on either, but I wouldn't really want to back him at nine to two. I was open for about seven or eight to one, to be honest. Right. Okay. Um, Dan, it, it, like you've got horses like Diamond Spirit sort of on the rampage, on the sort of upward trajectory. And then you've got some of those other names I rattled off who are much more exposed, but of course have that sort of back catalogue of class, like a chip set in here. Mm. Uh, how, how are you playing it? Are you with one on the rise or on the plateau? Which angle in? Yeah, if you'd have been following Chipster during his losing run, you think the day he clicked, he might be well backed after showing a bit more. But you got a return at 16s at Kempton. It was like the market didn't believe that he was still capable of anything like his best. But I'm sticking in that sort of category. But it's Alligator Alley. Again, it's just a belief that he really is a Linkfield horse. He ran, he's running twice last in the early part of last year. One was a silly three-runner race where it's just not him, is it? He wants a strong gallop, a stronger gallop as possible, just to pick his way through. The other was the race won by Kim and Grace with Tone the Barone and Miss Nay Never just ahead of him. He perhaps didn't pick up as you might have anticipated on that occasion, but it's quite similar to the case in the first race. It's a belief that the track will suit him really well. There's a gallop to chase, and he'll be able to sweep wide and late from Starlight. Look, the thing is with the draws. You don't want to be going, being stuck wide from those draws, do you? You you want to drop in and then come wide into the straight. That's the way. I've never ridden a horse, as they often say. <laughs> How many winners have you ridden? Uh-huh. But if I was riding G1 jockey at Linkfield, I'd definitely be doing that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a classic, classic game. Um, yeah, again, I'm I'm ruining the fact that Kevin Blake's not on the show because he'd be dancing up and down. He's got all weather action at a pretty low level. And you're tipping up Alligator Alley, who of course landed him a touch in the racing league that time up at Newcastle oh, yeah. last year. So uh Kevin will be all smiles if he was on the show. Um TC, where did you land? Seven months to go, and you're already mentioning in that uh that's what I was going to say. <laughs> um, Just got it in there. Yeah. Um, one night, I wanted to get a one night stand here. I, obviously, I stopped. We started looking at this before the prices come up, and the sports book were actually the first firm up. Um, and I just couldn't believe they went as low as uh, 10 to 1, about one night stand. Um, he is double the price elsewhere, but. I can see why the sportsman Oscar Bollers want to get with him, even though he's four pound out in the handicap, because there's a ton of pace in here. And I think I've got about five or six forward goers. Um, and I think as strong as you on five furlongs, you're going to be right up his street. Now, obviously the four pound out in the handicap is, is a negative, but you know, it's, it's, you know, he's shown a lot of much higher marks in, in a not too distant past. And, He's in really good form. He's gone from a he did drop to a mark of 70. He's already up to 80 in his last three starts. Um good course form, like I said, off off much higher marks in the past. Um yeah, if I can get 20s plus on the exchange, I'll be playing one night stand. Uh but um, you know, the sport, if you if you are looking to play him fixed odds, um, I think he has to drift from his current sports book price. Okay. 
Um, let's move on then to the Winter Oaks Phillies handicap. TC, do you want to have a first stab at this? We've got the dead eight currently runners wise, plenty of money up for grabs, 51 grand in this pot to the winner. And as a result, I sort of thought there might be more of a standout horse coming into a race like this, but we've got a wide open and thus meaning competitive market. Miss Bluebell, 100 to 30, uh, is your co-favourite with Oso Grand, one of two in here for the Chrisford Yards at 130 as well. She's been on the rampage this winter, lightly campaigned though. Storymaker has climbed, what, 15 pounds in the handicap this winter on the all-weather, now nine to two for the George Bowie Yard. Twirling is next best in there at six to one. Those are just your top few in TC. I'm going to let you have first stab at this. Do you know what I mean when I thought, like, I thought we might have a real, I don't know, I don't know who I thought it might be, but I wanted to have, like, a real class act in this. But I don't think it's got quite the class, but it's got, like a proper depth to it yeah it has yeah um miss bluebell was my first port of call uh before seeing the prices but 130 is again has to drift i imagine that might be double the price on the exchange near the off the obvious massive um price that stands out of you here is the the 16 to 1 the sports book have opened up about ellen across now i don't think there's a cat in hell's chance that'll last before this podcast goes out, but if the horse is still in double figures, I think Eleanor Cross is, is the bet in here. You know, currently 16s, but I, when I looked at the race before the prices come up, I honestly thought she'd be about sixes. So wow. that's, I think that's 10 points over. The, the being, obviously, Andrew Boardings, you know, the horse is in decent form. Um, obviously, this horse has got a very sexiest profile, given that the, you know, the, the, the the, the the amount of runs that she's had given the, the pedigree. Got uh, a thong on. She's a eh? she's got a thong on. Been to, <laughs> been to <Ann> Summers. Yeah. <laughs> you really are getting you really are getting kind of like it's really, the se- like, the sexiest you're, you're, pro- you're so sex- cock a hoop at Marky Raisin being <laughs> He's, he's no, lost the run of himself, TC. Uh, there's people going down the mines for, for 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 less for a week than he gets standing there for three hours talking shot at Market Raisin. Uh, <laughs> count your lucky stars that you've got a little job. Can't like. argue with a talking shot, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, no, of course we know, we know you. That's why we have you on the show, Dan. You've pearls of wisdom. But you know that uh, <laughs> coming back to the pedigree of Ellen across. Yeah. Um, sister to Making Miracles, who was, tra- who was rated 108 after winning the Chester Cup. Half-sister to Earlswood, um, the 110-rated Gallinule winner for Johnny Murter. So, yeah, off a mark of 75, given the lightly raised profile, given that pedigree, yeah, sh- he shouldn't be in double figures. I mean, there's a load in this race, obviously, but... Yeah, I, I think she'll be nearer sixes and sixteens at the off. But then again, trying to trying to forecast the market these days is uh, is a famous task. But yeah, Eleanor Cross is a bet at double figures. Okay, Eleanor Cross then uh, currently sixteen to one, but as he's outlined, expected to be shorter than that. Daryl, what what horse in here is the horse that is still, well, most ahead of the handicapper? Because there's probably plenty that fall into that category. But who do you think is most ahead? None more so than Oso Grand, ah. who won the trial race for this. Oh, Jesus. Like steaming home from off the pace. This track suits her well. She's three for four on the all weather. 
rapidly improving. She won that Lingfield race only under hands and heels. And I watched an interview with Jack Mitchell earlier and just said he didn't even need, didn't even feel the need to pick up the stick, he said. She's highly progressive. I can't believe she only went up four pounds for that. Now, she's been put away for 45 days, obviously with this in mind, the final in mind. Like, you can look at a couple of these that have been turned out 11 days later, seven days later. This has been her ultimate aim for her. And uh, look, I think she's I think she's got loads in hand of a mark of eighty nine. It'd be surprising if she don't end up towards triple figures. Uh, and <laughs> she, she should have a race set up for her. I think. I thought Queen Regent in that trial had every opportunity to beat her, um, but she didn't. And they reach for headgear now. And mm. twirling's been a bit disappointing for me. The yards twirling. I thought she was going to go on to bigger and better things. And look, I think I think she's got loads in hand of eighty nine. I really do. Track suits her well, unexposed on your weather, on the upgrade. Three of best last time. It's loads to like for me. Okay, big positive shout then for Oso oh Grand. 130 currently in the market. Danny, are you with either of the boys' selections or are you throwing someone else in? Yeah, I was nodding furiously at oh. Daryl's Daryl's pearls of wisdom there. Um, just a four-pound rise for a last to first win in that style, I think is really, really generous. Um Again, it's that Lingfield running style that we all like, isn't it? An ability to quicken from the back down the outside. And she showed that in spades. I thought she was unbelievably impressive. Actually, we should actually link in the comments to um, the replay on the ATR website with with the replay of it, because it is one of those that is so, so striking. The handicap is in a difficult position, I suppose, because she wins a length and a quarter. But even a bare length and a quarter, you could have easily thought she'd gone up six, but she was probably worth going up 10 or 12. I thought mm. she was... She was so impressive and she's still the right side of 90. And I agree with Daryl. I think she's on her way to being a hundred filly for the stable. Let's not forget, they won this race last season with a horse who went off odds on in the end in Al a gala and has a very similar running style. And it, it seems pretty clear to me. In fact, when Tony was saying this one, I think he's really overpriced. I thought he might have actually said, oh, so grand on the basis that if she'd have opened twos after winning the trial, I would not have been at all shocked. Okay, interesting. Maybe I was a bit harsh then to say that I didn't think there was a class act in here. You guys predicting she might be rated with three digits in the not so too far future anyway. They did um, do, just, sorry, Vanessa, they did do the same with last year's win as well, I think, didn't they? They put her away for 45 days, came straight right. Did she win the trial too? Yeah. Oh, it's a tactic. It's a tactic. Right. Uh, oh, so grand then for the boys. Po very positive. Um, last race to cover at Lingfield, 345. <laughs> it's over the two miles. Um, Havana Sam is your four to one co-favourite with two past eight in here. Five to one, just a point bigger. African star, Phil Sylvester Kirk. Um, those are your top three. Daryl, I shall start with you. We're back down in grade here, right the way back down to a class five. So I'm worried that you're going to give me a pass here. <laughs> damn right <laughs> yeah <laughs> gone from the high and the confidence of oh so grand to jesus how do you say that name <laughs> yeah count me out too, Sam. <laughs> count me out too yeah. okay you're a no two so it's over then just to utc did you find a bet in here um i was leaning towards smart champion at 14s and 16s in the marketplace uh just off the mark of 65. And you said it was so much enthusiasm as well. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> it's Mark Champion, isn't it? I mean, and he was, he showed a lot, he showed a bit more last time. And like I said, that mark of, it's a, if it all falls right for him, it's, you know, that mark is a bit of a gift, but he is a bit of a, uh, 
he's a bit hard to call. But yeah, it's not it's not a massive betting race. But if you want an interest at a big price for a small sum, I think Smart Champion probably be around about twenties plus on the exchange. We know in the other thought. Okay. Um, now, look, I said at the top of the show, we're very much not expecting any national hunt racing to take place on Saturday. But, of course, we are waiting for the inspection news to come through. Um, Haydock, it'll be a shame to miss this, but it's obviously their Peter Marsh cards, the Rossington Main, their grade two in there, and, of course, Ascot, Clarence House, Chase Day. Um, of, of these meetings, I think Haydock's the only one that anyone thinks might sneak in but i think that's tentative given what dan barber's told us tc but did you want to give anything specifically a mention at haydock just in case it's on let me just check if we've got any news early news from haydock uh, ascot no we haven't uh no uh haydock is it's got half a chance uh because like oh. it is it is it's minus four everywhere else tonight but haydock is hovering above freezing and maybe we'll go into plus figures so they might, they might even kind of like pass the inspection at eight and just delay it until Saturday morning, given that okay. the forecast is yeah. through Um, So it could be one of those where, you know, they give it every chance. Uh, but I, I hope it does go ahead because it's quite good stuff. I thought the Rossington main was very open, but uh, I thought Kaluki, the Kaluki kid at 10s uh, was quite interesting and the Gypsy Davy at 16s. I thought they, those were the two prices that stood out at me. Just let me check the current prices for the the three mile handicap hurdle where the Betfair will be playing four places. I thought the Nines Minella Blue Way was uh, quite interesting with the sports book. If that race goes ahead, like I said, Nines four places. I thought he was very impressive at Chepstow last time, and the only that came uh, that came in a novice hurdle, but they only upped him three pounds for that the handicapper. So I thought Manuela Blue Way at nines was was interesting, and um, I thought Raw Bagai wasn't a product wasn't that bad a price at fifteen to eight. Now he has to give twenty six pounds to one of Dan's favourites, uh, but we all know Haydock. We all know what he can do in soft ground. Even actually, under the underneath the covers, it's only soft good to soft in places. Mm. But whenever you've got, they've got had the fleece down for about five or six days, and uh, every jockey will tell you it just once those covers come up, especially if they've been down a long time, it rides really, really dead and really, really testing. And yeah, those may be Rupert guys' conditions. But Manella Blue Way at nines with those four places would interest me if in the unlikely situation that Haydock does go ahead. I hope it does because we don't want to be just uh, doing all weather fodder um, you know, at this time of year. But uh, it's, it's good that we've got something to go at. And all keep an eye on the um, on the ITV schedule because you might get Navin on as well, uh, on a bit of Navin on on Saturday. Okay. Good, so he's a good advert, isn't he, Rob, a guy for running good horses in handicaps off top weight. He's three. From, he's won every single handicap he's running when completing. The only one he didn't was the Irish National where he fell. And like I said, he, he missed the King George with a sore foot. So this would be the obvious task for a race he's won twice. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't think 15 to 8 was, was a bad price, really. 
Okay, well, look, fingers crossed that we get that meeting. I think Ascot really is a million, and they're obviously inspecting this afternoon. And don't forget, we will record this on Thursday afternoon, so that's why we're in such unsure territory. Naps time, guys. Before I do the naps, a bit of housekeeping. Don't forget to head over to the Betfest Sportsbook for all additional place races, great offers this weekend. There'll still be bits and pieces up for grabs, but you will need to opt in, and you will need to do it responsibly, <laughs> please. Dan Barber, let me have your nap. I'm going to be creative. I'm treating it more as a fun weekend than a serious one. I'm I'm going to put up a nice little each way lucky or Yankee. Can I do that? You can do whatever you like. Small stakes, alligator alley, oh so grand, um, Al Rufa, and follow your heart. Love it. Love it. I love that. Okay, Daryl, you next. How do you expect us to record that on the naps table? <laughs> well, yeah. Plus, let's see. This suggests that the nap stay has been recorded, Daryl. Come on, I, I, I've, I've got it. I've got it down since. <clears throat> have you? Since, yeah, since Tony mentioned about keeping it recorded on the eighth of December. Yeah. Oh, well done. Well, I'll just be <laughs> plus uh, like fifteen thousand or something if they all win. <laughs> but I'll send it to Tony, and he can he can um, sort of give us a shout about it next week on here, just to make sure the figures are correct. Okay. Um, my nap is going to be oh so grand at Lingfield. I think I could have guessed that, Daryl. I think I could have gone in there. And TC, finally, your nap, please. Uh, it will be, just checking the actual race, it, in the two o'clock at Lingfield, plant a dream. Yeah, and I see that that tens has gone into nines as I spoke. But yeah, even the nines, plant a dream is fine. Wonderful. All right. Well, look, boys, bit of fun as always. Of course, weather causing a bit of havoc, but I'm in my element with all this all weather racing. I'm up to Newcastle for Friday night action. Stay tuned for that. Um, but in the meantime, listeners, viewers out there, as always, have a good weekend. Enjoy yourself. Do it responsibly and join us again on Monday when we will be back with Wade in. Lord knows what we'll be discussing, but I'm sure we will have plenty on the agenda despite the weather. Not playing ball at this point, but have a good weekend, everyone. That was racing any better. <laughs> <laughs>